Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and to the left of me is my man, Cappuccino. Cappuccino, me. Eddie Meeks. What's good, homie? Uh, we, you know, here we I, go again. Here we go again. Uh, last week was uh, a pretty damn good week. Uh, it was first, uh, first, inter- first interview and mixed show back in the saddle after uh, after my son, my, my new son showed up. Yep, some uh, almost three weeks ago now, which is kind of crazy. I yeah, can't believe he's three weeks old. It's so, uh, yeah, so I'm good. Did you have a good weekend? I did, man. A uh, little different. Uh, but uh, good nonetheless. What's that mean? I spent a couple of hours of my Saturday morning in a cemetery. With, uh, you know, I saw a picture of that somewhere on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I I don't want to. I I mean, <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's a junior in high school, and she's taking IP uh, AP classes. Okay. Uh, one of her classes, is AP Environmental. So they had a project where they were going to be um, collecting data. At uh, Oakland Cemetery. Oh yeah, okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I I learned a lot about uh, cemetery culture. Uh, yeah, what, man. What, what do you what, what do you mean? Cult etiquette or culture? What Not do you really. Mean? Well, culture. Like, uh, okay, Oakland Cemetery is is part of the city of Atlanta Park system. Okay. So apparently, back in the day the thing that you would do on the weekend was go to the cemetery, uh, make sure your family's plot was clean and, you know, pull out the old blanket and have a picnic (laughs) and play hide and seek behind the tombstones and shit like that. Okay. I did, I did not know that. I I don't (laughs) think I wanted to know that um, because I've never done that. And I, I couldn't envision myself, Taking a bucket of KFC or something out <laughs> to the cemetery and chilling around the cemetery. That's just not, you know. So it's it's interesting that you bring this up because mm-hmm. the, you just said that, uh, and you don't know because you've never been to my. Well, we've never been to one another's respective houses nah. where we're from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back home in Kentucky, uh-huh. I actually grew up right behind a cemetery. Okay, the cemetery actually where my father's buried. Okay, and where my grandparents on my mother's side are buried. Okay. Right? Like, literally, it was step on out on the back porch, look to the right, yeah. and about maybe 100 yards is the cemetery. Okay. So, back to your kind of comment about playing in the cemetery, yeah. my dad and I would go back there and play. That's where we played baseball. So now, now, now so, but it, it wasn't a, but it's because there was a big field that was just part of the cemetery. Uh, it's property. a cemetery, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, you 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 but, playing but, ball on future lots. <laughs> that's what, that's what you're doing. And I didn't I didn't want to bring the race aspect into it, okay, but okay. it. I mean, you my boy. Doc. This was some of the whitest shit I had seen in my life. Dude. Wait, like, the, the, the the Oakland Cemetery? Man, I mean, so okay. Long story short, my my. Oh, we my are really off the rails I'm already. Sorry, we I'm sorry. Started. To my to our guests, to our we're sorry. Guests. Hold on yeah, one hold second. On we'll one get second. There. We come. No <laughs> so, so my cla- my daughter's class didn't show up. Apparently, okay. it got canceled because everybody else didn't want to go to a fucking cemetery on Saturday morning. Uh, so nobody showed up. Understood, understood. So I'm sitting there reaching out to the teacher. I'm emailing her. I found her Facebook page. I sent her a message on Facebook. Like, did this get canceled? 
what's going okay. on. There was some festival going on in Old Fourth Ward. And I had a hard time getting to the cemetery because they were running a 5K or something for this festival. (laughs) So I'm driving in circles trying to get to the cemetery. I finally found my way in. But while we're waiting to see if people are going to show up, when we're walking through, we're walking through the cemetery. Like my daughter grabbed my arm. She's like, let's just walk around. I'm like, okay. Yeah, see. Um, In the midst of walking around, People that live in that area are jogging through the cemetery. Oh, word, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah man. I'm just. Well, yeah, you know, Mar- Marietta National Cemetery, right? I know. Here. People do that all the yeah, time. Yeah, I'm just, I, man. Yeah. I actually, don't... when I was growing up, and actually, another cemetery story, you know, my dad and I would, we, we go ride bikes. Like, that's where I learned how to ride my bike, was at a cemetery. Dude, I don't know that life, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know Maybe that. I, I don't know that life, man. That's, that's just, <laughs> hey, man. For us, the All cemeteries right. was not the place not to the be, place man. To be. <laughs> I still don't want it. My daughter was like, so you want to be in a place? I like, babe, I'm not, y'all not going to put me in no ground. Now, don't get me wrong. I do not, today, I do not like going to cemetery. But back then when I was growing up, I, I, I didn't it even think nothing. twice about yeah, it. Yeah, it was yeah, nothing. I didn't think any, yeah. anything about it. But yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, you had to be careful when you asked me about my weekend, I'm man. Sorry. Shit's it's crazy. All, it's all good. It's yeah, all good. Yeah. I like the story, though. Uh, and you pulled out, a, you pulled two stories out of me that I, I, I don't, can't say that I would have ever brought that up or talked about that. So, hey, hey there we go. There we go, man. All right. So let's get down to biz. <laughs> <laughs> My name is DJ John Doe. This guy over here is Eddie, Eddie Meeks. Meeks, man. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening to this, uh, to this podcast, this interview session, if you will, uh, uh, please make sure you go and check out all the work that we've been doing over the over, over 18 months now. We're, 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 uh, we're getting ready to hit episode 100 here quickly mm-hmm. to your anniversaries coming up. Um, so make sure you go and check at Southern Vanguard, uh, leave, leave the U out of Vanguard, uh, at SoundCloud on iTunes podcast on Stitcher radio and on Mixcloud. So we drop twice a week on Tuesdays. It's a mix show, all the latest and greatest hip hop shit that just came out, getting cut up and sliced up and spliced up and, Meeks and I, you know, talking about crazy shit like this, and then, uh, and then on, and then on Thursdays, we have we have an interview session with. Uh, it could be an MC, it could be a DJ, it could be a behind the scenes person. Uh, you know, just basically someone semi related to the, you know to the culture here that that we call hip hop. So, right. uh, anywho, please uh, share, follow, like, subscribe, uh, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're glad you're tuned in. So without any further ado, this is probably the most uh, easily in 2016. This is easily the most excited I've been about an interview, Meeks. Like th- this I might be this might be this is easy. Top five for me might be might be top three. Yo, when you told me you locked this down, I immediately went back to 1989. We're talking like, 89. And a, and a time capsule <laughs> on speed, son. <laughs> Yo, we're talking. Wait, what, what, do you, what do you know about word power? What do you know about the scheme team? What do you know about Rhyme Syndicate? What do you know about Rhyme Syndicate? Come on, man. And forget then, all of that. Forget all of that brimstone bluffing, man. <laughs> <laughs> this, dude, this dude is 100% of the time Saying something. Exactly. And the rest of y'all out here busy saying nothing, man. Yeah. We got divine style on the oh, line oh, with oh, us oh, tonight. Oh, oh. Word, word, word. Wow. Peace, peace. Peace. Thank you. Divine, Honest. how are you, my man? I'm honored. 
I'm good, man. man. I'm good. I'm honored. Thank you so much, man. We apologize again for the for the uh, for the rambling at the beginning, but sometimes it's just how it goes here. Yeah, that's nah, great. It's great, man. It's great. Yeah, so uh, I'm into it. Oh, okay, good, good, good. So, um, so Divine, I don't even know where to start. I've actually since since you and I connected on uh, on on the internets, the worldwide internets, if you will. Uh, let's see how you know yeah. what it was, Meeks. What's up? And Divine, uh, we posted a video of us cutting up uh, one of the joints that you produced on the new uh, Rue album, Ryu yep. album, right? Uh, right. Okay. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, divine commented and, you know, that's the, uh, that's always the sign like, all right, well, we got to see if these guys are down for an interview and lo and behold, uh, you know, uh, we connected and, you know, divine, thank you again, man. It's a real honor to have you on the show. I I know I've said it a number of times, but, uh, it's a true pleasure to have you here. So that being said, um, God, Meeks, I don't know. I don't know where to start, man. I don't know if we started like what's what's popping now and go back a little bit, or well, I almost kind of feel um, like because we have a lot of list different types of listeners here. We yeah. have folks that are our age, let's say thirty five plus, yeah, right. And yeah. then we have a lot of young guys here too. We do. And I want to make sure that they know, um, you know, the history a little bit. I think, I think I think we need to go back because I just looking over the prep topics and uh of course I'm familiar with um uh divine style of man to no end like I I used to I used to watch Yarm TV raps and wonder how saying nothing the saying nothing video got played every week <laughs> for for the longest time like man they Somebody is really working the shit out of this record, man. Divine style is the dude. But um, I think I did not know about your rhyme syndicate affiliation. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, I mean, rhyme syndicate was was my first start as in in, in the music business, and that had to do with um, my relationship with Ice and George, which was a personal relationship first mm-hmm. other than like you know them courting me or me courting them as a record company yeah and um it started with my uh co-producer Bilal Bashir who co-produced word power with me he was my dj okay and 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 best friend and we had a relationship with George Hannah wholesale which was Ice's manager so when um the imprint came up for Ron syndicate you know I was one of the first who was given an offer to be a part of that whole compilation and then the actual um, the formation of it as the actual crew. And that imprint, was, heard, that, was that uh, EMI? Uh, the imprint for Rhyme Syndicate? Nah, that was CBS. That was CBS? CBS? Okay. Yeah, Epic CBS. I mean, and although, you know, Ice is always on that pimp gangster shit and I was nowhere near yeah, that's, that. Yeah, that, that's and, what kind of threw me off a little bit. I was like, yeah, what? Was I was in the beginning... I was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was on some real Brooklyn like street shit. Okay, but um, I had an experience, and everything changed. You know what I mean? I had a, 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 a spiritual experience, and everything changed. And okay. from that point on, I just I never looked back. So I remember turning in, not turning in. I remember you know finishing up some of the mixes, and I played Ice uh, Tongue Elaborate. 
And the look on his face was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was way different from some of the demos that I had played initially, you know, uh, months earlier. And I just, I just never looked back at, at that point. Okay. So I really didn't fit into the whole, uh, you know, gangster motif thing, but mm-hmm. I just did me and, and I respected that. You know, okay. Because it was pure. Yeah. creativity at that point yeah now, now divine uh ice had a lot of um kind of early connections to new york i mean i i've i've you know i've heard interviews with him and even listening to his podcast now and i mean obviously he's he's pretty much based out of new york now or I, he probably said i don't know if he splits half his time you know in new york or and the other on the west coast but um what was it about his new york connections like specifically because he he made an impact in New York kind of early on. And is that how you met him or, or or became connected with him? I know you said you had a personal connection with his manager, but yeah, did you run into him while he was making rounds in New York kind of early on in his career? Or? Nah, I actually met Ice at L.A. I did. I got sent out to Los Angeles for two years, a year and a half to go to school. And because my father was a New York DJ and he moved out here in 88, it was 81. And and I got sent out here in um, 82 to go to school. And, and, you know, it was a couple New York cats from from LA that I knew, like Monolette from Bushwick, we from all from Brooklyn, and myself and Tango. And me and Tango would go to the Radiotron out Uh. here when hip hop was just now, just starting to kind of break. Right, and I had m- m- met Ice. We didn't know each other, but you know, we knew of each- knew of each other. Well, he didn't know me, but I knew of him. Whatever, and that was my first interaction with him, uh-huh. uh, so to speak, indirect. But other than that, I really don't remember how we actually met. Other than um, me being part of that New York scene that was making noise in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Okay. So, so, so you're a native. I traveled, of, I'm huh? sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He he his relationship with Africa Islam got him to New York connect. Right. That's right. That was Zulu Nation, so forth and so on. That's right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you're a New York native. So once uh, uh, born in Brooklyn, is that right? Born born in born in Harlem and raised in Brooklyn. Born okay. in Harlem, raised in Brooklyn. And then when you got yeah. to the West Coast, um, d- did you ever come back, or have you been on the West Coast since then? Or no, nah, I, I, I did a year and a half, two years in LA, and I went back to New York. Okay, gotcha. and and at that point, that was in eighty eighty five. I went back to New York, and from that point on, I was just shopping demos. Okay, you know, from gotcha. eighty four to eighty five, I was shopping demos, but the rest, of, most of it, was in New York. Like I hit. I snuck into every record company that you can find <laughs> on the back of a, a album cover. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Get the actors and get on the train and go there and try and sneak in and give you a demo tape. Yep. Yeah, that went on. Right. That just went off for years. Yeah. So you mentioned your dad was a New York DJ. Anybody we would know? <laughs> Maybe if you know New York history. People who know New York history knows him. DJ, his name is DJ Rick. DJ he was, Rick, um, okay. Yeah, DJ Rick. He was he was very tight with Larry Levan, and he oh. was very relevant in the in the disco club scene in New okay. York. Gotcha. From 
Studio 54 was was a was a big place for him that he played constantly. All the clubs, Zanzibar, Pippins, Leviticus. Yeah. Um, I can go on and um, um, what was I gonna say? Oh, he played on BLS too. He did a, a couple of the master oh. mixes on BLS, and he did a Love Is a Message master mix, which oh. was a really big thing back then. So when rap, when hip hop started, you know, coming out on records, he would give it. He would, you know, he'd bring me mixtapes, mm. and that's how I would hear what was being played on the radio. But Ooh. we also had mixtapes that were traveling from uptown. Yeah which is in Harlem, which you call Uptown Tapes. Yeah. And that's where you heard, like, real hip-hop, you know, because it was just punk jams that were recorded. So I was getting it from both ends. I was getting it from home because all his records were in my room, and I was getting right. it in the street at the same time. Wow. So, so it was sorry. it was very interesting. Well, you had a direct line, man. You had a direct line into the heartbeat of everything that was going on at that point with your father. Yeah. And, and being was, out there in the street. Kind of crazy. Wow, yeah. that's ill. All right. Well, I guess I don't have to ask the question if you uh, if your family members were uh, a big influence on you music musically. That goes usually... without saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, super big. Super yeah. Big. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um. All right. Well, I mean, so you know, you growing up in Brooklyn, I guess you know, when did you decide you wanted to be a bigger part of this? Like, were you were you carrying crates for your dad Never. or for oh. none of that? Nah. Okay. I mean. They would build sound systems in, in in the house, and then they would take take it downstairs to the park in uh, uh, Pierce ninety one Park in Crown Heights where we lived, and they would have you know park jams. But at that age, yeah, there was no term for it for a five year old, six year old. Right. I didn't understand that. You right. know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. right, right. We were just in the park. He was playing music. And I was on the swings, and we running around, and he's playing music, and, and that's all he did. Right. And he did it in the house, and he did it outside. But there was—I I don't ever remember there being a point where you consciously acknowledge that there's something happening. Like, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> that uh, didn't hit me. That happening idea didn't hit me until I hit Los Angeles, and it broke in Los Angeles, and I was like, "Oh shit! This is what we do at home." Right. Uh, you know what I mean? And it was just like, they had it, you know, they called it hip hop and they gave it a name and that, we didn't call it anything. It was just New York culture yeah. at that point. Oh, so, so yeah. you, so you didn't, you didn't really, uh, see it as hip hop until you got to LA? Nah, we didn't, there was oh, no name for it. That's crazy. I didn't, Interesting. I, not in Brooklyn. Not, in, not in the 80s. I didn't hear that word hip hop until like later on. You heard you heard it in the rhyme, sure, but you didn't hear that until it hit publications. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Once it hit books and, and newspapers, then you heard hip hop. Was that? Was you that? Heard, uh, then you would hear the word breakdancing and, and right, stuff right. like that. But it wasn't. It was b boying. That's what we knew it at. Okay, right. You well, know what I mean? And the, the the MC aspect, you didn't really hear about that. You heard about rapping. You know when Rappers the Light came out, right. but that was all. Again, that was that was social commentary. But amongst us as kids, you did it or you didn't do it. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that took over New York like a wave. It was just some dudes danced, some dudes didn't. Some dudes was into rhyming, some dudes didn't. You know what I mean? Like now, everybody's a rapper or everybody was a writer. Or every, it, it wasn't like that. Yeah, it, it was definitely. Uh, um, 
a French thought thing. Not French thought, but like, a, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't uh, immersed in the culture, so to speak. Right. It okay. was just a way of life. It was just something that everyone did. Well, yeah. Right. What were you going to say, yeah. Mix? I was going to ask, was there any anything else culturally shocking um, for, for a Brooklyn kid out in... in LA early eighties. Um oh, hell is that, yeah. was that the was that the <laughs> and was it the reason why you only did like a, a two year stint out there? What what was that all about? Oh man, I got sent out to LA because I was just I mean, it changed it it changed my life and it kept me alive. Okay. Because I was just I was just going down the wrong path. Although I wasn't really into rhyming, I was more of a graffiti writer a writer okay. at first. And um more of a b-boy than anything else and i was just i just wasn't going to school i wasn't mm. doing shit but running the streets and my mother couldn't deal with me you know what i mean so yeah. she sent me to, mm. with my pops and i came out here and it kind of it kind of grounded me that i was it was such a culture shock and, and and it was it was just so uh uh it just dismantled me from the culture of new york that it slowed me down a bit okay and um it, it, I, I, I definitely think it saved my life because most of the people I was running with, they dead. The majority right. of them, right. yeah. Wow. There's only a couple of couple of us that are alive. And I'm I grew up in Fort Greene, Clinton Hill. Yeah. And yeah. um, you know, Best Eye, it was just crazy and shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it, that helped me. But coming to LA and then seeing the whole gang culture was was a close second compared to New York street culture. <laughs> right. You know, the whole, the whole Crip and the Blood thing. We didn't yeah. have that, but we had gangs, but, you know, we didn't have it like that. But, so I, I gravitated toward that. And, um, not, and I wasn't banging, but, you know, just kids and shit. So, yeah. it, it, that was culture shock because it was just, it was, you know, whole Levi's and the hats and, yeah. <laughs> just the way the culture was in case with, yeah, you know, right. I had I had like shark skins and mock necks and and pumas and, and, <laughs> and British walkers. They were right. looking at me like I was a fucking alien. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you didn't see that. You didn't even see that really in Wildstyle when Wildstyle came out. That was just right. you know it was just New York street culture, not hip hop because hip hop wasn't defined like it is now. Now it's a label yeah. with you know you wear baggy pants and smoke weed that shit wasn't like that in the beginning right. it, it, it didn't have uh what is it called uh hardwired traditional uh elements to it right it was just still uh, it was so uh, new uh, very yeah. loose yeah, yeah something to do with yeah. shit that's a nice way of saying it you could say stereotypes yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's so it's very stereotypical now yeah for sure <laughs> Well, so so divine. Did your did your brain just melt when you like when you landed there and you you saw the same shit that was going on at home in L.A. Like, what did you do, man? Like, was it the radio? Was the radiotron the first place where you nah, saw okay. nothing? Nothing was happening out here. It was it was all like like bass music. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, like uh. what planet? What planet rock? What planet? Planet rock started. Mm-hmm. L.A. kind of picked up on that. Mm, with okay. the whole Egyptian lovers thing, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. And, they was, and, and, and they was into funk out here, like do I Diddy and Zap, 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 Zap Band and Zap and shit like that. But yeah. they were into pop locking, so that's the music they pop locked too. Right. At the same, you know, at the same time, so that that was New York being electric booking, which was a little bit different. 
Right. And and the music was different, and so the language was different. Yeah. The dance was different, and the clothes was different, and the lifestyle was different. So it, it was like, it was my first uh, experience with learning how to adapt and blend in without losing my identity. Okay. And, and I was, you know, the kid, I was 12, 13 years old, having to experience that, which helped a lot because, you know, it helped me expand my consciousness as right. to other things happening in the world right. or in the country that, that, that I weren't, my mind wasn't closed off to. And I think that lended itself a lot to my, the way my music came out. Okay. As yeah. well. Man, imagine experiencing that in the mid eighties. Oh, dude. No. Mm. I mean, before I mean, before the world even at large like knew about any of this, a lot of this shit, man. That's right. Because I left New York and then it broke in Los Angeles right. like a year later. Right. And I remember I came out here when I came out here. A song came on, and I started going down. That was that was what we call uh, what they now call breakdancing. It's called going down and going off. Right. And, or freestyle in the Brooklyn. And I started, I started, you know, b-boying and they was laughing at me. And it was like, oh shit, he just threw himself on the floor and was, and, and like he was sick or something. <laughs> and then when that, so when that shit broke, they were looking at me like, oh shit, that's that New York shit. Right. Uh, so yep. that, you know, it was, it was kind of a bug out. It was a trip. It was a trip to experience that. See, I'm tripping off all of this because <laughs> because I remember these time periods as well, but but the way I was getting compared to what you actually being there and living it, like I didn't have nothing to rely on but TV. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, oh, new new phenomenon out here and I'm like, okay, <laughs> is this the this really the new shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, but then you start seeing um, more late night TV shows being dedicated yeah. to the culture and stuff like that. New York hot right. tracks and all that. Right. Right. Um, Graffiti rock. Yeah, yeah. Where you, you could pick up on this stuff. You know, um, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. So that was the only way we were getting it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. you know, you might right. could run up in the record store and somebody be like, man, you need to check this out right here. Like right. we don't right. even really have this on the shelf right now. Right. So I'd be like, you know, right. let me get that 45 or let me get that cassette or something like yeah. that. But to to be there, you know, when the shit broke, ah. On both coasts. That's crazy, it. man. That's crazy. Crushing it. That's ill. Crazy. So 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 uh so so Divine, where's your um where's your relationship with Bilal come about? Is that after you get back from from the West Coast or I met Bilal I met Bilal in, in, in Los Angeles. Me and me and my partner Tango at the time met Bilal. Tango's from Brownsville. Okay. And we, we met Bilal together and then we just wind up connecting. We he Bilal's from the Bronx originally. Right, right, right. So in LA all New York dudes back then was seeking out more New Yorkers. Right. I believe So it. we saw, we, we, yeah, and that's how we just crewed up. Okay. And one thing led to another. And somewhere in between, I don't know when I started writing. I, I started writing rhymes, but I never was really, because they was part of my graffiti. You know what I mean? I, I, would, I would do pieces and I would have like rhymes next to my piece or what have you. Hmm. But, I rap because I was emulating Crash Crew or Cold Crush Brothers right. or Spoonie G, you know what I mean, and which you heard on mixtapes or mm-hmm. King uh, um, King Tim the Third, which you heard on the first, some of the first records. But I really wasn't into it. Like this is what I want to do until like I don't know, maybe until I was like fifteen. 
mm. or 16 when I was like, okay, I'm getting serious about this shit because it sounded, it sounded ill. Like one, what something happened to me in New York one summer. I was downtown Brooklyn. I was with my man Kenny. He was going, he was going down, he was walking down Fulton Street and sucker. And this Puerto Rican had his boombox that was playing sucker MC when it first came out, and that shit, like time stopped. It changed my life. Mm. And then that same summer, fucking Kiss played uh, "It's Yours" by T. La Rock. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow! So those those two songs determined where I am today because the boom bap aspect came from the sucker MCs. Yeah. That drum programming. Yep. And the Tila Rock shit is where my MC, a big part of my MC inspiration came from that song, as well as production. Hell because yeah. that shit right. sounded like the future to me. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. It was it was the future. And in between that is Ram LV and Grandmaster Cad. Yeah. Right. And Ram LV came from me being a five percenter at the time was my five percent and his five percent influence in his rhymes, mathematics and science mm-hmm. and the esoteric. And Grandmaster Cas is just Grandmaster Cas. Right. You know what I mean? He just is <laughs> Casanova. He's Casanova, man. So sure. those notch. elements <laughs> is, is kind of shaped me into who I those those were the biggest influence on me, influences on me as a as a child. And that shaped me into the MCIN today, both musically and and and, and lyrically. Now that that same summer was that when you you referenced a, a spiritual experience or transformation was was that did that happen at the same time? No, nah, that happened in in, in prison. That okay. was. Byron Syndicate signed me to my record deal, and the shit caught up. Street shit caught up with me, and they locked me up. Mm, okay, and you know that's how that shit went. Okay, okay, so sorry, I, I didn't mean to fast forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I didn't mean yeah, to fast yeah, forward yeah. there. So that was in '89, '89. Okay, okay, okay. I okay. Two cases back then, '86, '88, and '89. And I beat the I beat the case that I was supposed to do a lot of time on, and um, it just was transformative. Gotcha. gotcha. And when I got when I got out, you know, what I mean, I I I I just backed away from all that corny street shit. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so so around the time. The, the the you started to be a little bit more serious about the music, and you talked about sucker MCs and the Tila Rock joint yeah. changing your life. It was about that time that you got you got it caught was, up. That was eighty three, eighty four. Okay, okay, gotcha. So okay, that that was that summer, and after that, when I got my deal with Rock Syndicate in eighty eight and eighty nine, is when I got bagged up by the law. Okay. Uh, yeah. p- p- pre or post word power? Uh, pre word power. Pre word power. Okay. Right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So I'm just trying to put all this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So let's talk about that. Uh, what What was it that happened when you, that 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 experience you had? Like what 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 happened then? Like when you when you when you went to, when you got locked up. Like, what was it? Can you talk a little bit about that specifically? Like, what happened and how that kind of changed your course? Yeah, I told, I'll, go, I'll go briefly into it. Okay. Um, you know, like, I signed my record deal. I was I was by Coastal at that point. I was both back and forth between New York and L.A. Okay. Up, to, up, until, um, up until the mid-'90s. 
And um, I signed my record. I came out to L.A. and signed my contract and got my check to uh, start the album. And I hadn't been in, I was in L.A. maybe two weeks at the time. And um, the detectives came and knocked on the door where I lived with Bilal and his family. And they came and took me to jail. So they had a, a, a warrant for me for something, something. And um, they took me and locked me up. And I thought I was going to be able to get out. And I couldn't get out. So at that moment, looking at five years, and I just signed my record deal. And this is something I had been aspiring and, and, and chasing mm-hmm. for like strong for three three years at the most, like hard. And it was my way to not have to do criminal shit. Right. Even sitting, sitting in a cage and the judge is flipping on you and you're about to do five years and everything you've ever, you, you worked as hard for is about to be taken from you. It, right. it, 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 the way I dealt or the way it happened or appeared within myself was disastrous. I just remember being like, no. And the lawyers couldn't get me out. The judge was a fucking maniac and all of that crap. And right. I just, um, at that point, what happened is what they, is called the, um, a, a crisis limit situation mentally. And it's what happens is the, the pain and the suffering from a situation causes the ego to crack. Mm, okay. And the, e- the ego in, 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 in spiritual terms is the mind. Is, the, is the, called the personal I. It's all no different between either one, either one of those. And when that happens, what co- what is called liberation uh, uh, comes about, or awakening comes about, and it depends on how strong the fracture of that experience is. Depends on how much comes through. Some people call it self realization, so forth. So on. well, I had an experience like that at um, twenty one, and that experience you can't come back from. You know what I mean? Now right. I didn't have a full blown awakening, but I had a, I, I had a form of an awakening. I remember when I got out, um, my, my spiritual teacher at the time, he asked me some questions and he looked at me and he said, you look like you had an enlightenment. And I never heard what that, I never heard that before. I didn't know what that meant. Uh-huh. So, and, and, I don't, this is the first time I've probably talked about this to this, to this degree. I really don't at all. So this is a first for me, but, um, that experience after that, nothing was the same again. And Mm -hmm. you can't go back and do what you did before because it doesn't exist in the mind. Right. Sure. Because the mind is not there. That's called no mind. It's called the Satori in Zen Buddhism. They call it Satori's. It's when thought uh, thought doesn't operate autonomously anymore in your mind. And the only way to understand it is to have that experience. So thinking happens, but it doesn't happen automatically. It happens from the working mind. It doesn't happen from the imagin- imaginative mind. So like if you, you know, if you got to answer a question, thinking happens. If you got to figure, figure out, information thinking happens but just general imaginatively it doesn't happen so it's like thoughts stop and that experience is what is called uh uh liberation or uh satori or awakening or life and that that experience happened in short so when i got out i rewrote the whole album in two weeks and that's what you have from ain't saying nothing to tongue of labyrinth 
And I didn't really write it. It wrote itself, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's so like it, it's a it's so I would say colorful. And compared to hip hop, it's not really traditional New York hip hop. It's right. a lot going on on that record. Yeah. Right. And I broke a lot. I broke a lot of rules, and I went a lot of places that MCs or traditional New Yorkers would never really go, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So did you, um, when you, when you got out and you started re-recording, did you just drop this on everybody out of nowhere? Did you prep anybody? I mean, I I know you were talking about ice, you know, being like, you know, what, what's going on, but what about Bilal? And like, you kind of, you know, he was was there, he was with it. Right. I mean, I had a bunch of records. I shipped, I shipped to LA. He had a bunch of records, and I was just like, "Let's do this with this. Let's do that with that. Let's do this with." This. And that's how that's how the album went. Okay, that's, that's just how we did it. Nobody questioned. I just didn't really hear it until we turned it in. Wow, <laughs> you know, he knew me. He knew I was bugged out and shit. So. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, he was with it. Yeah, Devon. Everybody I want to. I want to talk about the lost art of demo shopping. I, you uh, a little while ago, you <laughs> talked about how you got back to New York and and looked on the back of every every album cover, or whatever, and 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 worked your way into these spots. I did something similar, like in the nineties, um, mm-hmm. uh, on both coasts actually, and you know, it, it involved uh, uh, some lost. Elements in uh and and human mm. history, uh phone books. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, stuff All like right. that. Yeah. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Cause I don't know how cats are getting on these days. It's kinda like <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ain't never heard of this dude, but now he the hottest shit out. I'm just like, well, how does I don't this... think you could there's actually no comparison. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because today what's going on, it's 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 actually it's narcissistic insanity. Okay. It has nothing to do with the art now. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is true. Everybody cannot be an artist. Number one, everybody can't be a rapper. Everybody can't be an MC. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't be famous. But you can't tell that to anyone now. Right. Because of technology. Right. Because technology allows fucking Scooby-Doo. That's right. Fucking... You know what I mean? Yep. Create this identity. Now he's not Scooby-Doo anymore. He's fucking, you know... Skibbity boop and shit, man. <laughs> Him, listen to my music and shit. Matter of fact, not just listen to my music, but I'm going to pay to play. And it, it's not, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Back then, in the 80s and the 90s, if you were inspired by something, you studied it, you listened, you paid attention, you exactly. gathered as much source material as you could, and, and you went out into your circle of friends or to your family or whatever you, school, and you tried it out. And your 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 peers in your environment would explicitly let you know if this was right or not for you yeah. by telling you you fucking suck. Go, yeah. go get a fucking job. Yeah. Or you know what? I think you got something. Right. And that doesn't exist anymore. Now you can't tell the truth. You can't tell people the truth because it's called hating. Right. Now, and everybody is basically an automaton and shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're, they're a, 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 a mirror image of who they think they want to be, and that's unreal. Yeah. And back then, you had to fucking earn it. Absolutely. If you was a fucking MC, you had to earn that shit. And yeah. it, you would get, you know, you get beat off the block with that class. And no shit. Whatever it was you were doing. Yeah. And that was what determined those who made it to the next phase or not, and those who didn't. 
and you know what I mean? So shopping the demo tape, to be able to get a demo made, you had to be feral to be able to get somebody to even track your demo yeah. back then. You know what I mean? Because nobody was paying nobody attention if they had equipment or not. And having the wherewithal to actually look on the back of records and write down addresses and then go walk that dog to, to knock on doors was a whole nother level to the to the next phase of, of the aspiration. You know what I mean? And it's just that we live in a world that just that doesn't exist. It does not exist <laughs> it anymore. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't man. Exist, so, man. So, Divine, is there anything that was on that demo that got you signed to, I guess, ultimately, Rhyme Syndicate? Was there anything on that demo that landed on Word Power or no? Yeah, ain't saying nothing. Okay, okay. all right. So that's the record that got you signed, more yeah, or less. ain't saying nothing. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Yep. So yep. I, I was doing a little research on that, on, on just, you know, f- for the interview, obviously. And um, I read something that I guess I'd never thought about. And maybe this is some, you know, maybe this is some shit that I know. But I, I want to ask you this because I wanted it verified. But I saw something somewhere where um, actually the, the, the same horn sound in Ain't Saying Nothing is what they used in House of Pain to jump around. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, Muggs use that. Muggs yeah. use the same shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why I did not know that. Did you know that, Meeks? You know, I can't I can't say that I could pinpoint, you know, where everything came from. But just thinking about those two joints, it's not as obvious from ain't saying nothing. But it's it's very similar. But yeah. it just right. the, the he right. mugs mugs did something. He didn't take all of it. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. he flipped it. Yeah, there's he no flipped doubt it. About it. He yeah, flipped no it for yeah. sure. So you know that I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past like if you were to tell me that I'd be like okay yeah I can see that. I guess I was just surprised right. that I didn't know that because I love well well the history history between mugs me and mugs and Bilal Eric. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's a deep history between us. And um, Muggs and Bilal worked together. And and Bilal actually um, taught Muggs some things with the drum machine and so forth and so on. You know, they were tight and shit. And Eric was was a very close friend of mine as well. And so forth and so on. So, you know, Muggs and them was already in the game with 783. Right. But back then, Having your individual sound or having your influences was was small. Was a, there were small circles, right? Unlike it is now. Now everybody has can do whatever. Back then, it, you know, I mean, you could hear uh, familiarities in production and in rhyming and so forth and so on because it was still a small thing sure. that was happening. So how, how did how did uh, Bilal and and Muggs know one another? How did they meet? I can't you know? remember. To okay. Tell you the truth. Okay. But they were, but they were yeah. just on some production shit together then. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Totally. Now, so, but how much of how much of of word power did did you produce? Because I mean, obviously, all the new shit that you're doing now and the stuff that you've done in the past. But when when did you get yeah. into production as well? Was it at this? Was it early on or was it later? Or? Yeah, I always I always was in the production. Okay. I mean, me me and Dev Jeff and Malai lived together. Right. In Bilal's house. Bilal's right. father would just invest in us. He would just get us gear. You know what I mean? He'd be like, figure out how to use it and make records. Let's start a record company. This is like in 1985. 
God, in 1986. Awesome. That's fucking awesome, so, man. <laughs> you know, damn. we had fucking the 707, the 909, the oh. 808, a four-track, Tascam four-track. We had a Mirage keyboard. We had turntables. And when each drum machine, when we got a new drum machine, we all learned it and started making demos. You know, of course, we have fucking songs with 98 bars and yeah, right. Five, <laughs> ten songs and shit. But that's how you learn because nobody yeah. taught you. Yeah. And we figured, figured it out. We had an SP, then we got the 1200. Yeah. So, I mean, once Jeff showed, Jeff, Jeff showed me how to use um, a 707, it was on and cracking. That's, you know, so then I started doing my own demos because I didn't like what Bilal was doing for demos. I, I want to do my own shit. Right. So I, once I learned how to program a drum machine, it was on. Yeah. Because then it, it created, it, it, it gave you the, 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 this thing where you could get something that you're hearing in your head out of your head mm-hmm. the way you want to hear it versus relying on someone. So in regard to word power, I was already making beats. Okay. And me and Bilal, you know, we just, we didn't, we didn't consciously say we're going to split this difference. I mean, he took production credit for the record because I didn't know no better. Okay. You know I mean, I didn't know nothing about producing credits and all that kind of shit. Right. Nobody told me any of that. Right. So, but basically, if you listen to my record, anything, that, anything else that Bilal did, nothing else sounds like that. Right. There's a reason why. Okay. Okay. Because my my participation in that, you know, like with Tongue Labyrinth and shit, and right. and and the whole uh, somatic thing that's going on, and the helicopter, and Apocalypse Now, right. and all that, that was all me. I mean, ain't saying nothing was below a hundred percent. Sure, that was all below hundred percent. The shack right. up, right? And and, and fellas, can we still do it? And the horn and all that, that was him a hundred percent. Right, but. Everything else was just a mix-up of both of us and me picking particular beats and so forth and so on and shit. So were, were you a big record guy, like Digger, like digging uh, yeah. uh, Devon? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Not anymore, right? but I was back then. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I grew so. up with it. You know, my, sure. my, my father had records, so I always had records in my room. Yeah, yeah you had records before you realized you had records. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, his record exactly. collection looked a lot different than my dad's record collection. I bet we'll it put did. it out. <laughs> I bet it did. That's funny. Oh man. You. Oh geez. All right. Well, so, so what? 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 What happened after? So after Word Power, though, it, you took a. It, it, there was a pretty dramatic, I guess, change or difference after Word Power. Yeah, absolutely. Sonically, topic-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Me, I mean, again, going back to uh, uh, the experience that I had, I just took, I just, things just took flight creatively. You know what I mean? Like, again, hip-hop wasn't, the hip-hop hadn't been taken over by gangster rap. Right. Or, 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 or the street culture. In, in the 80s, in the late 80s, early 90s, it was still open. It was still um, vulnerable to suggestion and creativity. And somewhere around the time where, 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 where Boys in the Hood hit, not the Boys in the Hood, but uh, NWA hit, is when this whole one-dimensional thing started to turn the, right. the art form into this whole 
gangster, you know what I mean, uh, one-dimensional, this cr criminality thing. And that's what, what the music didn't start at. It started as, you know, there were elements of that in people's lyrics, and there were elements of that, but it wasn't, yeah. the whole fucking genre wasn't based on, you know... Violence. And, violence and yeah. shit. So and actually, we haven't said, turned. We have, we haven't really turned the corner since then, honestly. At long, nah, uh, from a, from a nah. lot, and that's fact. It's not, it, and it's and it's not. This was. It's, there's no this to that. It's just factual. No, exactly. No, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, uh, in, a, yeah. in a disrespectful manner. It's just. Um, but you know, that's just American culture uh, at its you yeah. know finest. Not letting go of. You know. What Absolutely. it wants to per perpetuate. Yeah. So, anywho. Yeah. And with that said, with the spiral walls thing, I, I a, a friend of mine I used to skate with, graffiti writer named Finn, he's from out here, part of AWRMSK, he kept bringing me this Jimi Hendrix record and was like, you need to sample this. And I was like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> I, I, I ain't sampling that shit. I ain't sampling the rock shit. Yeah. Something happened. I fucking got a bunch of Jimi Hendrix records. It changed my life. I went out and bought a guitar, and, every, and nothing was the same ever since. I taught wow. myself guitar. I was a you know shitty shitty in the beginning, got better, and I just fell in love with music at that point. And because I was a, I, I was a beat breaker, and and I knew you know how to produce and all that shit, I just I just went left shamelessly, fearlessly. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right absolutely and, and just was being creative you know what I mean just being creative un un unconditionally yeah you were about you were about 25 uh, years ahead of your time Divine uh, you're probably told that a lot but I mean right right now like you know being um, you know I, I think that this period right now even though there are obviously people copy the trends and they copy what's going on this is obviously the the only time at mass scale that it's been okay to be, you know, everyone's trying to find some sort of angle to be different. Like uh, really, yeah, the weirdo shit is is like, alive right, and well yeah, right yeah. now. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> right, right, but, yeah. but, but but it's not genuine. That's the problem, yeah. right? Is that yeah. whatever, right. it's right. all forced. Like this isn't this isn't like. People are just like doing and being bugged out just to be bugged out just to get attention. It's not genuine. Like that's mm -hmm. the thing, man. Like, do people tell you yeah. that all, uh, regularly, Divine, or no? That you were just way they, ahead? they used to, but now that it's happening, a lot of people are, are kind of like overlooking the role that I played in that time. Right. Okay. Because right. It, does, it doesn't it doesn't benefit them at this time to, to right. acknowledge that because right. they're doing what you just said, doing it for a reason instead of doing it because that's what's happening. Right. You know, people are trying to be different instead of just doing music. Right. Exactly. Right. But I mean, that you, but this so, has happened on a, on a couple of occasions with you though, Divine. Like I mean, so er, earlier on in your career, if you will, like with Spiral Walls and maybe even with Word Power, but even like. I don't want to call it your second coming, but I mean, I, and I, I, I was in, I was doing college radio at the time that, you know, the, the, the records on Moax came out and you reconnected with, you know, you connected with the quantum guys and you kind of had a, um, 
I don't know, a revitalization, if you will, kind of of your of your career in the late '90s and early 2000s. But even then, you were way ahead of your time too, like sonically yeah. and content-wise and everything. Man, it's just like, which is even crazier to me now because when you listen to the new record that you did with Rue, you know, mm-hmm. it's really kind of on some, in for the most part, a pretty traditional kind of straight up and down. You know, hip hop boom bap record. Yeah, I mean this. You, this, is the, this is the first record that I ever did thought out. All those other records that I have, uh huh, I they were unintentional oh, records. Just, okay, just stream of consciousness or just hit record. Stream of consciousness. And, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. All right. Stream of consciousness. This was the first thought out record I ever did, and what happened was I got I put out a record called Death Mask a couple of years ago. Yep. On Gamma Gamma Performer. And um, I just got frustrated with being in my 40s, having to deal with the same bullshit that I dealt with when I was 21. Right. With the record companies, <laughs> with people, yeah, yeah, interviews, <laughs> and I'm Afrofuturism and all this crap. And I just yeah. got so fucking frustrated with Afrofuturism? it. Afrofuturism? I was just like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm what Afrofuturism. And it's just like, <laughs> exactly. Like I'm a copy of a copy of myself. Right. And now you're putting a title on it. Damn. Damn. You know what I mean? It's just, I just got disgusted with it. So I believe it. I just, I, I was like, I'm going to quit again. And then I was like, you know what? I'm a good, I'm just going to say fuck it and go back to production and do this, do this shit that I love the most. And that's just making banging ass beats. That's what's up. And, and I'm going to start with this shit here. And I did about 40 of them. And me and Lai, you hooked up. And it was on at that point. You know what I mean? And that was a thought out objective at that point. I was like, this is, I'm going to sit here and do this and see what comes of it. And right. I had in mind who I had in mind initially was Chuck D, um, Big Daddy Kane, Grandmaster Kaz, Ram LZ, you know, the people who had, who made big impressions on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, peers and, 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 and people who inspired me. And, and, and I did it in that vein. You know, with that at the, at the, at the, as the fuel to to what I want to hear, because you got a lot of these cats our age, you know, our age, who don't do it anymore, and they don't do it because they think people don't want to hear it. Yeah, right. And that's not necessarily the case. And I was like, you know, not fuck it, I'm gonna do it and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And here, and here we are here with thanks for the memories. What's yeah, the uh, so, what's the basis of your relationship with with Ryu and the uh, Styles Beyond crew and all that? They're like Talk Beer is is Bilal's younger brother, so Talk Beer grew up around me, Def Jeff, and Bilal in the house when we were doing all of that. Okay, so he heard it from the beginning since he was like eight or nine years old. He's been around the music with us, and um. Talk Beer is the other is with, the other half of Styles of Beyond. So Styles of Beyond is, yeah. is Talk Beer or Talk and Ryu. Yes. Right. And um when they had formed Styles of Beyond, when they started forming it, well when before that, you know, Talk Beer started rhyming and I and I would go around there and check I would check them out and shit. I'm like, you got it and shit. That's dope. That's dope. We keep talking yeah. or whatever, whatever. And he hooked up with Ryu. And pretty much, I just I just played like a a, a standoffish kind of um, observational mentorish role in the beginning, like do this like this or do that like that. And for the most part, 
they, they were so dope at what they did that they didn't really need like grooming or anything. They just needed dope music and structure. Right. You know what I mean? And between and between Vin Scully and um Bilal who and Sean who was running the record company, you know, they knew what they liked, so they just they, you know, they just rock with it. They just rock with it. Right. So um so so with with uh Ryu you what 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 prompted this pride? I mean, you guys have obviously stayed tight over the years. You were on you were on two thousand fold. You were on you were even on the 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 more kind of recent uh, styles of Beyond release, right? That that, that eventually came out like in twenty twelve or so, right? Get busy committee now was not that. I'm sorry. Get busy committee. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I wasn't a part of that project. No, no, you weren't a part of that. But the what was it? Uh, Reseda Beach, Rosada Beach, Reseda Beach, Reseda yeah. Beach. Yeah, you were on that, right? Nah, nah. I don't. Nah, not production wise. Oh, okay. I thought you were. on I may have been on the song. I can't remember. Okay, okay. They may right. have released a song on it that I had put, that I was on. I can't remember. Maybe okay. Terraform was on that. I don't well, know. Okay, well that that album was that album. I guess was a, a long time in the making and was delayed, and then it. I guess it finally came out a couple of years ago. So maybe maybe that's. I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. I, I could have my facts uh, misaligned here, but. So you guys have just stayed in touch over the years. I mean, Styles of Beyond, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. they're not really a thing now, are they? Um, Ryu and Tak are uh, not together as no. a group. Okay. Gotcha. Not as a, I mean, they're always together, but sure, no sure, records sure. as of yet. Sure. As of yet. We've been talking about it, doing a, a double EP, uh, Divine Style of Styles of Beyond double EP, but things are just not lining up yet okay. for that to happen. Gotcha, okay. It may, it, it, it definitely may happen in, in the near future after this project. Okay. Okay, cool. So, so, so did, did you go to Ryu and said, and you said, hey man, I, I got this batch of beats and this shit's fucking incredible. Did Ryu come to you or were you just playing him a beat tape or, you know, beats and he just bugged out and you guys decided to do this, do this thing together? How did, how did the album come together? We was hanging and we both had the itch. Okay. But I had already, I was already stocking beats and shit. You know what I mean? And um, he was like, I'm gearing up to do my solo record. And he, he had mentally been preparing himself for quite a while to, to do it. You yeah. know, it's a hard gig doing a solo joint when you've, been, when you've been a teen. So mentally, once he felt safe, that's when we pressed the button. And he, he didn't feel safe until he started to really listen to what I was doing. You know, he trusts me because right. we have history. Right. And, and and he knows he knows my body of work and shit. Right. And when we got the first couple songs going, as soon as we got to the fourth demo, that's when shit started to start to really move forward. So, uh the the out of the first demos you did, what what landed on the record? Uh, what was uh, the... pretty much all of them minus one. Okay. What yeah, was, pretty what, much what was the first record one. you guys did? I think it was been doing this. Was it? Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I think it was been doing this. Devon, what's your if weapon of, what's your weapon of choice these days, production wise? What are you what are you working on? Ableton, a hundred percent. There we go. That's my man. Ableton. I mean, I, I, I've been with Logic since Logic One wow. and before that digital performer. So but you Ableton you, you can move uh I can move faster without 
the 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 issues like slowing down creativity. Mm-hmm. It, that's why I use it so much because it's super flexible. It's limitless. Extremely bro. flexible. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's super it's limitless. 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 Yeah, it's, it's limitless. Divine, can you believe you can do some of the shit in Ableton that you can do now? And you think back to what you were doing with the fucking SP and all that shit, man. I mean, I, my, my first sample. Well, that's the thing. Right. I yeah. mean, I, my, use, I use it like an SP. I use it right. like an ASR, ASR 10. Right. I use it like an S950. I use it like a Mirage keyboard. I use it like an MPC. I use it like every piece of gear I've ever used. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I 100%. yeah, the the first sampler no, I had was a was an EPS sixteen plus, and when I I still today because I I'm an Ableton guy as well, right? So I mean, to this day, every time I open up Ableton, I still bug out. Like I'm I, I'm like yeah. I cannot believe I can fucking do this shit right now. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it it's 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 absolutely insane. And these young guys out here, man, they have absolutely no idea. Oh my god. I mean, no, there's no reference for them. Though. I know. That's it's, why. It's so yeah. crazy. It's so crazy. They yeah. have no idea. Oh, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a monster. It's crazy. So, um, so we, we got to talk about this new record. We did, we haven't really set this up correctly. Can you, can you just, let's just tell the people what the record is and, you know, divine, if you can just tell us from your perspective, you know what this record's about and kind of what it means to you. I, I think that'd be great because I, I love the. I listen to the record. I've been bump, bump, bumping it hard all weekend. I mean, we already had a, a bunch of the singles, and you know, you were talking about tempo and like who you, who you were kind of thinking of when you made the beats. I mean, mix when I look at all the BPMs for yeah. all all these records. Yeah, I I, I, don't, I think there's only one record below 95 BPMs. Okay, I, I see like five or six that are like a hundred plus. Yeah, man. So there aren't a lot of hip hop records coming out these days that you know that are. I mean, I hate to call that up tempo, but I mean, you know, when when you're talking about people doing you know records at sixty five beats per minute, yeah, and, man. You know, right. even even even, <laughs> even even all the underground shit, even on some of the underground shit, like fucking you know, like West Side Gun, yeah. and, You know, even some of the shit like you know Alchemist and all these guys yeah, are doing yeah, is fucking yeah. like super slow, eighty three, yeah. yeah. eighty beats a minute, and it's great. Like I love that shit, but yeah. like this album, I'm telling you, man, from beginning to end is just like the energy in it is. A, I just have not heard energy like this in an album in a really long time. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Thank you, thank you. I mean, that lends itself to the to the to the to just I just chop the music and I flipped it and let the music tell me what to do. I've always done that. You know what I mean? I've never, you know, like on 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 the if you listen to some of the textures on the production, like on Happy Days with the Blind Alley, the Blind Alley right. sample. Yep. You can't use cracking cracking snares on that. Right, because that's what the, that's what the, that's what the sample dictates. Right. So, with with that said, each each body of work on the record is its own voice, and it tells you what to do. And I just follow the directions of of what the sample is telling me to do. After I chop it, I just layer it with with more of itself. Right. So to so to speak, and some tempos we turned up a little, just a just a notch, and some things we didn't. Yeah. And those and and those are the beats that Ryu chose as well. You know, those are the things that moved him. Right. I, I had nothing to do with his choice of of music. Okay. Or what he de- determined, what he wanted, and what he didn't want. Yeah. 
Well, look, I mean, what, what's what's great about it? What I love about the record is that you've got like uh, you got the Ben doing this, like the you know the 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 flip of the um uh the the gangstar shit, the uh the Bushy yeah. shit, the fucking um, and then you got uh, the Blonde Alley that you were just talking about. But then there's like other joints in there that are like you know not not as I don't want to say obvious divine, but you know what I mean. Like it, there's yeah. like you know I, I mean I just kind of feel like from a production standpoint. It's like, okay, well, here's, well, like been doing this, like here's kind of your traditional kind of, you know, here's a loop, we can chop, we can flip, do some chain jobs, yeah. but then like here's some, you know, I, we can still do some other kind of new shit too. Like that, that's what's yeah, great about radio it. pollution. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, like that joint. Right, exactly. Yeah, take this and shit. I and, mean, and then you got, who dude, the fuck? You In got, 2016 would fucking rhyme the radio to uh, Funky Drummer. Right, exactly. Yeah, I know. And that's the first <laughs> record on the album. It's fucking great, man. Which is, which is you can't fuck that loop up. Nah, no. You know you can't. I mean? You just got to be a terrible MC, number one. Yeah, and number dude. two, to fucking attach Pink Floyd to it. Right, exactly. Yes, thank you. <laughs> exactly. It's just yeah. nuts, man. Yeah, and, it is and, nuts. And yeah. for, for me as a producer, I think there's not enough of that anymore. No, there's not. You no, know, no. You know, just jump, man, and do and do it. Yeah. Just do it. And and I never cared about the rules. I never cared about fucking status quo. I definitely don't care about what people think. It's obvious. You know what I mean? Right. But <laughs> right. right. What what feels good feels good when it comes to boom bap, and that's that was my objective. This yeah. shit. This shit feels good. Yeah, you know, you know what's great too, man, is all that shit that Everlast is popping on that joint. Wow, man, Everlast, yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. he is just popping <laughs> shit on that joint. Meeks, you got to hear the show. I don't, I don't think you've heard it, but I mean, I was just talking with my man Koo about this, and um, you know, I was actually funny story. I was actually walking the dog this morning, uh, listening to the record again, and the joint with Everlast came on, and Meeks, I mean. Everlast is popping the most awfulest shit you have ever heard. I mean, that, that's, I just, yeah. I love, I love hearing yeah. that shit, man. I mean, you know, I, is, is, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't want to put him, put him on blast, but you know, what, what, uh, nah, traditional Everlast. Yeah, man. I just, I just, after, you know, after all the things that he's done and he's been through musically for him to still be able to pull that off in 2016. I mean, that's, that's some shit, man. That's some yeah. shit. That's what's yeah. got to be so amazing about it because, you know, you want to talk about transforming uh, an artist going through a transformation. Everlast is one of those artists. Absolutely. So now yes, he's, he's come back down to earth, uh, so to speak. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to play, play that joint. It's going to be dope. We're going to play that joint tonight. Wait till you see that video. Oh, there's a oh, video okay. for it? That's what's up. Looking forward to that. Definitely, <laughs> man. And I'm surprised to hear you say video because there's not a lot of footage, uh, video footage on uh, the one and only Divine Style. Yeah, is man, that, you gonna is, be in these? Yeah, we're gonna see some cameos, <laughs> man. Come on, what, what's up? You, you, nah, I doubt it. More FaceTime. I, I tell people all the time and shit. I never had the fucking ego for the music business. You know what I mean? I'm a fucking. I'm in the shadows. I'm a mystery dude. I wow. just was all about the creativity. Yeah. I, I never was about the stage. I never was about being a front man. That was never my thing. And shit. Okay. And, and some people get away with it. You know, you got Mad Lib. You got a couple other people, but for the most right. part, it just it just was never my thing and shit. Okay. 
That's why I was so but, shocked, actually, that you were down for doing this interview because I, I thought for sure, I thought for sure, Divine, when I, when I asked you, I was like, there's no fucking way this guy's going to say yes, but I got to ask, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Divine, what's up with Gravity Christ? I don't know much about him. That's why you and Tox, Tox, Tox Man and shit. Oh, okay. They, they came, they, and uh, from what I understand, if I'm correct, he was initially in the in the in the original styles of Beyond. Oh, he was okay. For, formation, yeah, and um, that's Ryu's man, a hundred percent. And I met him through Ryu years ago, so we've all been you know friends. And he's he's toured with Styles of Beyond okay. as well, and 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 done shows with them and so forth and so on. Gotcha. And he's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah, he's nasty. Yeah, he's, he's crushing it on that joint. What's up with the? What's up with like all the um, all the Lincoln Park and uh, Fort Minor guys? Divine, you know those guys very well, or did you work with them in the past, or, or is nah, that more know, kind of? A, I know Mike. Okay, but not, right. not, I don't have a personal relationship with him. Okay, okay, gotcha. I, I didn't know if you did any work with them or behind the scenes or production or anything like that. I didn't. I didn't know if the crew kind of went, you know, uh, extended out that way too. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Devon, I um I remember seeing this magazine in passing, um, but I did not know that you were the <laughs> oh, inspiration. I'm glad you, yes, I'm glad you brought this I, up. I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's wild because um because yeah. I we kind of know Fritz, you know, um Fritz the right. cat a little bit ourselves. I how did that come about? And was it did they reach out to you and let you know that this was gonna pop off, or did you No. <laughs> my, fucking, my 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 daughter's mother found it in Atlanta on a magazine mm-hmm. stand mm-hmm. and called me and was confused and was like, <laughs> "There's a magazine with your name on it," and I'm like, "You sound crazy to me." Like, she's like, "I swear to God," and she said, "I called them and they're in Canada and they're looking for you." Wow, and I'm like. What are you talking about? She's like, it's called the French Divine Style. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, it was just like, uh, it was just like a radio show dream. You know how you do some old time radio shows? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, they're doing, it just was surreal. Yeah, I believe and, um, it. We con- I contact. But I it's typical Fritz, song, though. It's typical Fritz the cat, though. He, yeah. He, nobody, nobody else would do some shit like that. I don't think that's it's tip. It's so typical of that dude. But it's like, like I said, I remember seeing that magazine in passing because I know Fritz from uh, what was the magazine he he wrote for? Um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, was it Vice? No, I don't think it was. It was Vice. Oh no, maybe it was Vice. I think it was Vice. Yeah, yeah. I think he did write. Yeah, he did write for Vice. Yeah. So and but his articles were so off the wall. That's why I say it, it's yeah. it's it's typical Fritz. But it's like I, at the time I didn't know that that was the premise for the magazine. That's crazy, right there. And then you know <laughs> yeah. all the stuff that we've talked about, talked to you about as far as like ego and not really being that type of dude. That that really had to be surreal for you well it was and it wasn't because mm-hmm. my musical the musical journey has for me has always been like it, it's it's been bizarre mm-hmm. i've never had a traditional career by far not not even come close and shit as much as maybe 
I wanted it to be in the beginning. It just never turned out that way. I mean, after Spiral Walls, just with word power alone and shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then with Spiral Walls, it it it, it brought in. I, I I was able to reach uh, another audience outside of hip hop, right. which was not really a rock audience, but was like an avant-garde, alternative, right. French thought, misfit kind of audience, right. which exposed me to expose my music to other types of you know uh, uh, people that you would never normally catch with traditional hip hop so when the divine style of thing popped up it was just like okay I don't believe you but now I get it because that's how it's kind of always been you know what I mean musically I just I mean some guy was riding down fucking something boulevard some biker and pulled over and it was like divine style a biker you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's always been weird like that with with, with, with this musical journey for me. Got you. So, Divine, what's what surprised you most about this new project? Then, like, what's um, what's that? Say again. What surprised you the most then about this new project with Ryu? Anything come up that was that's kind of bizarre? Or just you know, you're, you're taken aback by or. Not really. This is a this this is really this is my first traditional hip hop like record put down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I'm there's nothing weird because it's I think it's so traditional. You right. know what I mean? Right. People can either say, "Damn, I didn't know he had that in him," or they could say, "This shit is hot." Mm, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> right. It doesn't attract. It doesn't attract weirdos and shit. There's no weird. There's nothing weird coming behind this this record, <laughs> right. other than other than damn that they did they did the business and shit. You, you know, know I mean? I, I'm just glad that Ryu. You did the whole joint, right? You did all. You did every bit of production on this album, minus the last song. Minus I did it to myself, which is something that Apathy produced. So, okay, Apathy produced that. Okay, but I mean there aren't yeah. many that that is not a traditional way that folks go about putting together an album. I mean. A guy like Ryu could get any number of beats from any number of people, you know, just, you know, litter them off. It probably wouldn't be that hard, right? Like, I, I yeah. think that's really, I mean, that's that's really, yeah. you know, kind of a, a, a I just yeah. like seeing people do entire projects. People don't really do that very much anymore. Right. Where, okay, there's one producer, there's one MC, mm-hmm. there are a few features but sonically the album is, you know, consistent and one guy drives the sound of that. Like I, that's just, you know, and, and apathy makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that I probably yeah. wouldn't, you know, when that, that his, his style and his production, you know, fits right in with what you guys were doing on the album. So that, that's not a stretch, yeah. but I just, I, I just really like him. Ryan was super adamant on that, which you just said to to match up the point. Yeah, he felt the same way. Yeah, that's dope. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, Divine, is that are you staying this course for the moment? Is is this is this where you're yeah. gonna be sonically? I'm felt? on fire right now. Okay, I'm on fire right now. Yeah, right. Is that I'm phone ringing, fire. man? Is that phone ringing? You got you got uh, you got people asking for beats. More production. Uh, you're gonna be doing some guest guest uh, guest production for some other folks. What's going on? Yeah, I can't. I can't say as, right. of, as of yet. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> but you will be pleasantly surprised. That's what's up. Just hold mm-hmm. tight. 
All right. Okay. I got so much fire. I ain't trying to rap, man. I don't have it. I don't, I don't. I can do it, but it's too much of a fucking headache, man. Okay. You know what I mean? It's it's just too much of a headache. Why is that? And I'm just I'm enjoying, it. you know, because everybody's a rapper. Number one, everybody's an MC. The 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 fucking you know what I mean. Um, in regards to making an album, being an artist, it's just too much bullshit you got to do. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. The, the, you know what I mean, and I just rather just play the background and just and just make beats. You can get your get, and, get and, your guest get your guest verse in every, uh, every once in a while here and there on the project. That's good. Get, get your uh, yeah. Still yeah, keep that totally. uh, that sword sharp. Totally, always. You, ne- you never really stop. But I'm really enjoying making beats like I've never done before. Well, that's you know good. I mean? Especially yeah. with this because. You hear that? You hear that? You hear the, the the sound and the feeling that is on that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sound and that whether not particularly like the sound, like the genre, but just the feeling and the way shit is making you it sonically sounding. I'm I'm really enjoying that right now. Yeah. That's what's up. Because you can't enjoy music anymore because it's either fucking a sine wave. Posing as an 808, <laughs> which it really is, an 808 kick is a sine wave yeah. and a fucking hand clap, and you can't feel that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no feeling in that. Yeah. So the music nowadays is all on the top. Everything is vocals and 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 claps and this this the sine wave shit. And for me, the foundation of music is drums, man. And if it ain't no drumming, yeah, then you ain't really doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the groove? Where's the drums, man? Yep. Absolutely. That's, that's me. Yeah, right. that's just me. It's not yeah. for everybody, but well, you know. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. We definitely wish you could 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 give us some insight on on where you're going with the music, but we understand. We'll just wait and and bump that shit. Yeah. When whenever it comes out, we're looking forward to it, man, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Everlast got a new album, hip hop album coming out. Okay. Within the year, okay, he hasn't pulled the trigger on it completely on the production yet. But mm-hmm. so far, it would be uh, Alchemist, Nas, the Ruler, myself, and Evans. Oh, part partaking God, in that dang. production on that record and shit. Is, is, is he popping so, shit um, like he was popping on Ryu's album? Woo. Is it going to be like that? <laughs> Actually, I don't know. I don't Man. know yet. I don't know lyrically. I don't know yet. Yeah, we're looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. That's gonna be dope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is a good time, man. I mean, look, I mean, you know, Divine, we've been doing this podcast for I don't know some uh, uh, over a year and a half now, mm-hmm. and um, coming up on two. Yeah, coming coming up on two years, and um, you know, we we the reason we started this podcast was just to get back to basics and have fun. You know, like me, me and this guy here have a you know a twenty almost a twenty year some odd relationship. Yeah. And, um, wow. you know, we, we met one another through the music, you yeah. know, I was doing college radio Meeks was working his records and we just took it all the way back to, you know, kind of the beginning of where we met and just having fun. And it's just so, you know, obviously, you know, you, you got young kids out there and young kids that have been exposed to the, you know, to, to the, what, what we'll call the real shit or whatever you want to call it. And then you still got yeah. folks that are are of the age that we are of that are still, you know, still doing it and just, yeah. you know, haven't 
haven't lost the passion or maybe the passion's been rekindled. And I mean, I just think that's what I love so much about, you know, seeing you pop up on this Ryu album, man. It's just like, I was just so, it was just such a relief, man. When I saw it, I was just, when I saw Ben doing this and, I, and then I find out you did the whole album. I was like, Oh shit. Yes. You know, like every, every point you just made was the basis of why I started to do it again. Because yeah. I was like, like where are we? You know what I mean. You right. just, this this new generation with this this old shit is is disgraceful. You know what I mean. I, I'm not buying that shit. Like if you if you're not 20 years old, you're too old to do anything in in, in, in hip hop. Right. And that's just a, a a horrible myth to, or, or idea to in, in, implant on on the psyche. Man, that of, is the most. Uh, idiotic way of thinking there yeah. is out here today because you you shitting on basically the hands that's feeding you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You wouldn't be able to do what you're doing as a 19, 17, 18, 19 year old if these 40, 50, almost 60 year olds hadn't already laid the groundwork. So Exactly. That's the most disrespectful shit ever, man. I I can't, you know. Major. I mean, it's you know, I I I don't I don't deal with a lot of young people outside of my kids for that reason alone. The 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 disrespect yeah. is is at an all time high right now, and exactly. you know, for me to be around some disrespect like that. I'm I'm quick I'm quick with the leather belt, man. I be done pull my belt off and beat somebody. Man, let me stop. But hey, we're adults, man. We're not we're not children. Nah, you know what I mean? super so, grown, man. Super grown over yeah, here, man. We're adults. Yeah, and, and, we, and, we know and what the genre it is. Is still young. Yep, it it you know it is, I mean? and that's and that's the crazy shit about it. We ain't talking about you know something like like jazz music or. Right, you know, right. Uh, just music in general. We're talking about hip hop. Right. Right. right, it's it's exactly. not it's not an ancient art form, nope. and it, and it was perfected in the eighties. So, yes. if these right. motherfuckers want to really get out here and talk this shit, they need to step back, man. They need to really step back and, and get get a hold of themselves, man. Because you know what what you think you're 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 expanding on and taking to a whole nother. This shit been perfected and, and re-perfected years ago, man. Stop. Stop what you think you're doing and just, <laughs> you know, try to try to try to figure it out another kind of way, man. That shit y'all be the, these young cats be talking about, man. That shit goes right over my head, man. And I yep. and I go in and, and pop my Eric B and Rakim CD in, man. I just be like, I don't know what the fuck they talking about, but this shit right here, <laughs> I'm fuck yeah, right. with, I'm a forever fuck with this yeah. shit. I, that's all I yeah. know, man. Yeah, you, you know, you know how it's you can a, actually. It's yeah. enough for everybody to go around and experience, but the isolation, the isolation factor, yeah, and the, uh, the what is it called again? Where you where you. Uh, uh, I forgot the word I'm looking for. We marginal, marginalized and yeah. one-dimensionalized okay. perform. Yep. That's no longer art at that point. That's that, a good term right at that there, point, too. Yeah. You become a, 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 what is it called? Like a fucking uh, a dictator, a consumer dictatorish thing. Mm-hmm. Consumerish in a way. And 
everything is is for consumption in this country. That's not what we're talking about. But to to one dimensionalize it with death, killing, and the way it's going now, and, and oh, you old niggas go somewhere and sit down. It's just man, too much. Stop. You know what I mean? Stop that. Man. That's just a bit too much. Stop yeah. that. Knock that shit off. Yeah. Ain't nobody going nowhere. And we're going to keep making music yep. and keep enjoying ourselves. And Bottom good. line. I'm with it. Yeah, just having fun, man. That, that's what's great. And that, I, you, you can tell me. You can tell them the music, Devon. It's, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see you back. I'm, I'm not, not back, but I'm, I'm just glad to see you reinvigorated yeah. again, man. You know? Thank you. Thank you. It feels good, man. I love it. I love it. What else you got, Meeks? I'm good, man. I'm. I'm ready to hear some more of that record, man. And his record uh, is, is ridiculous. Hey, uh, Divine, you need you need instrumentals out for this joint, man. You guys gonna put out instrumentals? It's coming. Okay. Yeah. Just put them up. Exactly. Oh, oh you did. Coming. Okay. You should have them next week. That's oh, good, up. good, good. Okay. All right. Dope. That's what's dope, up. Dope, dope, dope. We're gonna, gonna have vinyl too, or what's up with that? Or no? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I can't remember if, if why he's doing vinyl. I know he's doing vinyl, but I don't know if, it, if, if the instrumentals. Are. I can't remember. Right. Okay. I, okay. I'll email you that though. Okay. All right. As soon as I right. find out, I'll email you guys the link or whatever to where you know we can get okay. it. We appreciate that, so, man. Yeah, we, we you know we need those yeah. instrumentals for a talk bed. So uh, you know t- tonight we're uh, tonight we're talking over uh, word power instrumentals. So we're gonna take it back and uh, we're gonna we're gonna use uh, some of your old instrumentals for uh, to talk over. Right. So. Um, nice. but yeah, I mean, um, that's, you know, that's one thing that people don't do anymore. Right. One is they don't do, right. they don't do real 12 inches any or singles anymore. And then they don't put out instrumentals. Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Man, send us a link mm-hmm. to that beat folder too, man. Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know you got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say you All good. All good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. So, Devon, you got you going to get out on the road, man, or you just you just you just um, you just uh, down in the bunker, just making beats, and you, you're not going to be out and about. Yeah, we're talking about doing some touring. I mean, there's some there's some some things coming in, and we're discussing it right now. Okay, and just working out the the logistics and see you know how how it can work. Okay, to make happen on shit, right. but definitely, All definitely. Right. Definitely. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, dope. Well, yeah, definitely. At, at hey, a minimum, yeah. I appreciate you guys, man. Nah, we appreciate, appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, for thank real, you, man. man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, Divine, hold, hold tight for a second. We're going to wrap this up. And, um, you know, Meeks, I, I don't, I really don't know what to say, man. Hey, man. We, we, like I told you, <laughs> homie, uh, I, 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 the name, the show name and, and, and everything is, is ringing bells out here in the streets, man. The only thing we can do, man, is just keep doing what we do keep building on this thing and, and just be here for, for, for cats like divine and, and anybody else that respects the culture and wants, wants to get down the way they supposed to get down. That's what we're here for, man. We're yes, going to keep doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. All right. Right. No doubt. Divine Styler. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you again. Yep. Many, many, many times over. We really appreciate it. Hold tight. Thank Southern you Vanguard. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Southern Vanguard radio, DJ John Doe. Cappuccino. SoundCloud, MixCloud, Stitcher Radio, 
Where else? What are we doing? ATL Hip Hop. ATL Hip Hop. Soul Public Radio. Turn to Boom Bap Radio. WRBB. I am Classic Hip Hop. Raw Radio.net. Absolutely. Peace to our sponsors Beat Lab USA, Lavish Stoner, Tucker and Bloom. And Tucker and Bloom, go buy a bag. Yep. Southern Vanguard Radio, twice a week, Smithsonian Grade, y'all. We're out. We out. Peace.